This is the Championship Club Podcast, the show that shines a light on English rugby's second flight. Join us every fortnight and check us out on the socials at Champ Clubs Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Championship Clubs Podcast. I'm Ross Hancock and I'm delighted to be back hosting you again for another season. It's been a while, we're back at, at it for what's a huge week in the game at the start of the Rugby World Cup and just a huge week for the Championship Clubs embarking on a first ever appearance in the new for, newly formatted Premiership Cup. Pleased to say that joining us later will be a man returning to the league, having originally cut his teeth in the champ with Bedford Blues, returning to the league for the upcoming season with Ealing, in the shape of former Leicester, Gloucester, England and British Lions centre Billy Twelvetrees. We'll be looking at more big-name summer signings as well when we discuss our signings of the season 15. But joining us first is a pod original, not many of them left, a man we're not too often graced by with his presence, Gareth Olred. Gareth, let's say welcome to the pod. This is your show now, mate, in reality. How's everything at your end? Uh, it's definitely yours now, Ross. Yeah, all good in Bedford. Uh, very much looking forward to the new season. Whilst there's been not a huge amount of excitement around England and the World Cup, we're uh, we're looking forward to people watching some Championship versus Premiership rugby. Absolutely, mate. Looking forward to it. Uh, I think a good place to start as well, maybe, might be to confirm the lineup that we have done for this season. Uh, Thursday on record now, going out on Friday, but been a bit of a shake up, and of course, a huge thanks to those that have stepped away, Gully. Uh, Mike Casey uh, and, you know, yourself for getting the podcast going in the first place. So uh, over to you on our new recruits, mate. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, they, they deserve, uh, well, a fair amount of abuse as well as thanks in, in Mike and, and Gully, to be fair. Uh, we started back with them when we got it off the ground. Kev Miller also uh, from Amsel added a lot of value in that time. So, yeah, um, thanks to those guys. But, yeah, really excited to also welcome... Um, Dante and Erin. Uh, Dante, those who may not know, a uh, photographer that's known around the league, but also with Richmond. Erin, uh, who's the media manager at, at Doncaster, and uh, kind of a favourite. Is he a favourite? He's everybody's pantomime villain, isn't he? Um, Charlie Beckett has now stepped into to Gully's shoes. We've managed to find another 50-year-old looking second row, although Charlie will tell us later on, I'm sure, at some point that... Uh, there is a lot left in the tank and he's ready to go for any championship clubs that are keen. Um, uh, but above all, he's an unbelievably good co-host, uh, absolute champ Norse and very good at promoting the league and what it's worth. Um, I'm, I think Billy will, will probably know him quite well, actually, when we come on to that later, as um, I think he had a brief spell at Gloucester uh, getting told to lace up Billy's boots. But uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's a good man and uh, we're looking forward to having him involved. Yeah, I mistakenly called him an old, an old dog earlier in the week in our uh, off-the-record off champ pod call, considering the fact he's eight years my junior. I actually felt really bad about that afterwards, but we get over it. Um, of course, you and I have got our, our feet in, in championship camp, so it'd be remiss of me not to, to ask you how things are at Goldington Road. An eye-catching win over Northampton Saints a week or so ago and uh, and some huge fixtures to come that the boys would be targeting, no doubt. I know you're going to play a straight bat on the uh, on the, on the the Saints game there, but how, how are things at the Blues, mate? Yeah, all, all really good. It's been a really busy summer on and off the field. Um, lots of challenges, but uh, I think we're coming through them. Really excited about the new competition uh, and also the championship. I think whilst there are some big signings that we'll come on to later and there will be a golf probably from the top to the bottom, uh, I think in amongst the middle, it's going to be extremely uh, competitive. And actually, you know, I think between our two clubs, there'll be a great ding-dong battle, probably throw Donny into that mix and and I think the league's really interested again. Uh, can Jersey back it up again? Uh, I'm not sure. So, yeah, really looking forward to it. Um, going well. The Saints game was was brilliant. Getting 3,000 in pre-seasons, always good fun. 
lots of things to test out. But uh, yeah, we're not getting too excited with that result. It was um, it was against probably some of their their younger members of their squad. So um, yeah, no, a good win, but uh, feet firmly on the floor heading into Sale, uh, Sale away and Newcastle away. Nice start. Yeah, definitely, mate. It's uh, it's been a bit like that for us this this preseason. We've obviously um, had a double header against Plymouth, the sort of old rival, and you know got people back in the ground again, and, and and decent numbers at both games, and yeah, just a bit of a hit out before the the Prem Cup. Obviously, Prem. I, I don't want to speak for Prem teams, but I expect they'll uh, they'll use it slightly as preseason and build their way up. We'll talk about that a bit more in a minute with with Billy, but um. Yeah, a bit of a last year was a transitional season for us. Uh, lost a lot of guys in the pack. This year it's a bit similar in the back line. The pack are a bit more settled, well drilled. Um, but then obviously bringing the experience of someone like Kyle Moyle to sort of be that senior figure in the in the back line. We'll talk more about him later, I'm sure as well. But yeah, excited to start. Uh, like I say tomorrow on the time of recording against against Bath in a, in, a, in a big game and hopefully a big crowd. But without further ado, it's, it's time to welcome today's guest onto the show. We mentioned it earlier, ex-Bedford, Leicester and Gloucester, ex-England and British Lions Centre, moving to the Trailfinder Sports Club this season with Elin. Billy Twelvetrees, welcome to the Championship Club's podcast. Thanks very much for having me, guys. Pleasure to be on. It's great to have you on, mate, and uh, and thanks again for joining us. Um, we did mention Charlie Beckett earlier, so we got, we're going to have to get him in again. Before we start, we've uh, we've got to mention what he, what he did say to say for you uh, earlier on in the week. He did say that you made a very average brew at Gloucester and, and questioned your value on a social. So, yeah, the floor was yours, mate, to uh, to retort, I suppose. Yeah, well, he is the four-year-old virgin, isn't he? So, <laughs> he's, not, he's not got a lot of legs to stand on there. Charlie Beckett, oh, he is a great guy. What a, what a good team Blake he was. And uh, one of those guys that always made you smile when you saw him. Had a good friendship alongside him and his best mate, Tom Hudson, who I think had some time at Amphill uh, as well. So, yeah, yeah, good character. And um, I think he was thoroughly missed at Gloucester. But I think every team he goes to, you need someone like Charlie Becker. But yeah, four-year-old virgin. The oldest man, isn't he? Or the White Orc, if you remember the Hobbit series. When the Hobbit film came out a few years ago, he was the White Orc. The most difficult-looking bloke there is. But what a personality. So, no, I'll, I'll be looking forward to bumping into him at some point. Yeah, he's not here to defend himself, but I think you've definitely won that war of words there, mate. But yeah, back to you and uh, and, and Ealing on at Ealing now, obviously as well. How have you settled in? Yeah, I've absolutely loved it. Um, I'm uh, just really. I've always enjoyed change in my career. Um, I know I spent eleven years at Gloucester, but we had four head coaches in that time, maybe five. So it always felt like a change in a in a different sense of different ethoses of the way to play the game, you know, different cultures, environments of what they're trying to create. So, you know, I've, I've really enjoyed getting stuck into Ealing and meeting all the new guys, the guys that have been there for a few years and the signings that have come over as well. So tried to get my head down, work hard and and try to try to help the lads as much as I can, but just really for, looking forward to getting stuck into a, a league that I haven't played in for um what was it 14 years now potentially so I'm just really I'm generally really excited about it I'm looking forward to it you talk about the the environments you've been in your career there and obviously early days at Ealing of course you've spoken a little bit of your initial impressions there but you know just to expand on on what you've seen you know facilities their their vision for the club and where they want to take it a little bit I guess I'm really really impressed and probably a little bit gobsmacked of how good their resources are and how maybe fortunate they are as well. Uh, I'm quite honest about that. I've been quite open to 
you know, the coaches down there, how lucky they are in the sense that they've got more than most premiership clubs in terms of resources and space and squad size. Um, the coaches and the administration down there look after the players very well um, in terms of what they have to train on and in terms of a day-to-day professional run rugby club, it's, it's pretty impressive. So that side of it is, is amazing. Um, so it's probably quite a seamless change from maybe a Gloucester where come from a traditional premiership team to a, a non-one, but very similar in their, their outlook. Um, they're obviously very ambitious and where they want to go. And probably some of the signings have probably replicated their thought process and where they want to be. I sense probably a little bit of frustration at the club as well as where they want to be and where they're not, um, which is probably you could coincide with a lot of teams in England or abroad. So it's there's definitely an underlying um, hunger there to, to be as high as they can be, um, which is always good. And then... The difficulty is, I guess, like most teams in pre-season, is it bringing new faces together with old ones and getting together a game plan that can go in and and do as well as you can in the league. And I remember being in the championship many years ago, and it's it's a big old slog, just like probably very similar to the Prem in that sense. So, you know, your squad depth and your your culture within that group is key to the success, and um, that's something that I'm I'm really looking forward to the challenge ahead. Of course, a senior figure now. I hope you don't mind me saying that. You had a testimonial year, of course. At... <laughs> Sorry, I've done you there a bit. That's a polite way. To... <laughs> no, no, mate. I've been called very many things. A lot worse than that. Don't worry. Yeah, you had your uh, you had your testimonial with Gloucester last year, and and you know a key a key uh, a key voice in that squad. And, and from what we've seen on on social media and pre-season clips from Elian, it, it's sort of like a role you've carried on. Is that is that something you see as being an important quality to bring in as someone that's had the career you've had? Do you know what? I never really. Um, deliberately do anything like that. It's probably just my nature. Um, probably the position I've played in fly half or 12, um, maybe you're quite fundamental to the way the team attack or defend. Um, and then just obviously experience. And then I'm turning 35 in November, it's, it's pretty, it's fine. I love it to be honest, but it's what I've gained knowledge-wise of the game and people around you, what makes a, a team tick is something I want to help with. And, if I'm probably the character will regret not saying something rather than, you know, staying quiet and it's always for the right reason for the team because the team is the most important. So, you know, I felt like I can, I can help out straight away with Ealing in terms of helping guys around me, whether it's playing or not playing and just helping the group. So I've always enjoyed, enjoyed that side of it. Um, probably the underlying principle is ridiculously competitive and, quite angry on the pitch like a lot of us are and um, quite calm off it so once I'm in it I'm in it fully so that's that's the side of it I think I'm probably trying to put out at the moment but just trying to put the team first in that that sense so supporting the guys as best as I can I think we said it earlier on it's, it's been a, a good nearly 14 years I think since you were you were last in the league with Bedford uh, obviously in your time at Gloucester, there's been those ties to Hartbury as well. But what are your sort of impressions of the league now, and and what you're expecting to see from the other teams, obviously away from from Ealing, if you're if you're brave enough to call it? Yeah, oh man, I'm like that's why I'm so excited. It's just, even um even the coaches have me in the office on um, and this week watching the Bedford game against Northampton, and it just um it just impressed me because I've always watched it having come from the league, and I've always always followed results and teams coming up and going down and. 
always always supported Bedford from afar because they made me who I am and very appreciative of that. So I've always loved the way Bedford had done things and and now even Jersey, you know, coming into the league last year and not coming to the league, sorry, but like going into that sense of winning the league. It's just it's good to see different teams dominate. Um and I know from an Ealing point of view they're they're pretty pretty angry from what happened last year from their point of view. But to see teams like that go up, like Donny doing well, and now you know even teams like Coldy. I've never been to Coldy's place. So I'm looking forward to that. All right, straight away. Even though team Pets will warm me straight away. I do you know what it takes me back to you know, weird. Like I remember my early days, even for Leicester Lions in National Two North, going up to Bladen and Tyndale and um, West Park, St Leeds, and getting beaten up as an 18, 19 year old. So that's generally that's the sort of thing I enjoy. That uh, so um, I, I'll be I'll be looking forward to it, but. I'm I look forward to going down to Pirates like teams I've played for a while and just just going at it and um I think that that's what makes the champ great is the challenge of obviously it's underfunded and not funded as well as the Premiership it's not televised as much or even at all anymore but yet you pretty much have the same schedule the same travel the same expectation that you're literally one league below but you should be playing at the same standards but yeah. It's definitely not in a sense that funding wise and promotion and TV package and all that, as you guys know. So I think what would be great about this year, because this is me just me being me, is that the, the, the rugby landscape has changed, as we know, from this time last year. For instance, at Gloucester, our first game of the season was against Wasps. And then suddenly couple of months later they're not there and you're like that's a year and then suddenly Worcester and then a lot of Irish happen and suddenly the player pool and salary get reduced cap in the the premiership so suddenly there's there's players out of contract that can't get gigs and then it was you know who've got families and professions to you know go after and succeed and then suddenly there's just not enough space for these players and suddenly players filter down into the champ, which you guys have noticed. And then they suddenly guys in the champ have had the squeeze and then they've been pushed on. And it's suddenly like this knock on effect, which in a negative way is brutal, but professional sport is brutal. But yet the positive in that is it can only help the champ in terms of names, you know, like Moyler going down to pirates, the wealth of experience he's had for the last couple of years are, Cluster and performing is only going to be good for for pirates. Sorry, and um, people even come to Ealing like Bialo, uh, Lloyd Williams, Wales internet. You keep seeing his highlights of the Wales England game from the 2015 World Cup at the moment. And that's Lloyd, and he's at Ealing now. You know, Tom Collins coming to Ealing, and suddenly the league's going to be hopefully portrayed in a different way. And I keep telling the lads at Ealing like I, I generally think this league is going to be tough for everyone this year and it'll be the team that's most consistent that will do well no different than any other league in in the in the english leagues or britain so from that point of view it's i generally am excited and can't wait to get stuck in and i think it's great that this prem premiership championship cups going on i think it's an awesome idea because Premiership teams always find it a bit difficult during the world cup stage um don't really know how to treat it make the pre-season extra long but now you're involving a competition that's, that's good for both leagues and it brings light to both leagues which is important at this time of year as well you spoke about the the landscape there a little bit um you touched on the sort of the funding situation with the championship um exposure tv just 
seeing what you think really about what, what you would like to see done with it. There's been lots of discussions about this uh, restructuring of, of the leagues with, with Prem 1 and, and potentially Prem 2 and, and having that fully professional second tier. Is that is that something you'd like to see or is, is that something and there's other things you'd like to see as well? I think it, whatever happens, yeah, I know that with the, the PRL, with the Premiership and the way the Premiership owners dictate a lot and funding with you, it's, it's, it's difficult, I understand. But I think for the game to grow, the game needs to be exposed at different levels, for instance. So I think what I've always enjoyed is that French model of the second tier is televised and there's people watching it. And, you you know, if you were you know, John Smith standing on the TV, you wouldn't know it's tier two because it's on you know, tier. Like, cause it's on TV and there's good players and there's crowds and there's hype and there's promotion like we know. And there's great games in the championship that should be televised. So why would you not? I think personally, like this Prem 1, Prem 2, whatever you want to call it, and share that TV deal with those 20 teams. And what you don't want is scheduling changes. So I think that French model of playing Thursday nights, Wednesday nights, it's a professional game. Like, I think it, it can change. Like, it has to change for it to succeed. So, therefore, it's not clashing with the Prem 1. You can play games on different nights um, just to get television audiences up. Like, people love watching rugby. Like, you talk about the World Cup, like everyone at Ealing, everyone, friends who play, they can't wait to watch and they're, they're in the game. So why not expose it to, to better things? So I think um, there's a hell of a lot of growth in rugby and I think players have a lot to do with that as well. I think they, they're a bit cautious from, even from my era, a bit old school era, they're cautious to put themselves out there. But I think it's important to, you know, get the game out there and get characters out there. You know, show the highs, show the lows. I have missed kicks to win games plenty of times and it's been the worst thing in the world but make kicks to hit it and miss tackles and internationals where your face is all over the big screen in front of 80,000 people and you feel like the worst person in the world but then like it's drama it's TV and it's, it's, it's entertainment is what we do and why not you know get it out there to the public because the game in you want to see the game professional still in 20 years and how do we get the young kids involved today and it's um it's important. Like in a, in, a, in a smaller sense, even closer to home, my kids were, I was talking to them about the fixtures and showing them the pictures of the, the Eden players. They want to get to know them. And they're like, oh, when's it on TV? And I, you know, it's explaining to them that, oh, <laughs> daddy doesn't play on TV anymore. And they're like, why? And you're like, and it just makes you think like, why not? Like it was all these players in these leagues that mm-hmm. should be exposed. You, you think somehow the powers of beast can come together because it's great for you talk about prem prem teams who are trying to get their younger players out on loan or or <clears throat> exposed. What better way to do it than you know, help with the championship? And I know plenty of the teams you're associated with have links to Premiership teams, and it's why would not get some TV package involved that uh, just exposes everyone a bit more. Totally agree. Yeah, pop one and uh, pop one of the season. We're we're back talking about the state of the game on, onwards and upwards. Eh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but we could talk about England. No, we don't. <laughs> let's let, let's uh, yeah, let's not talk about England. Let's not talk about England just yet. We'll uh, we'll see where they stand at come the end of the pool stages. But onto the onto the rugby this season in, in and this weekend in the in the Premiership Rugby Cup as they they want it to be called begins on Friday round one. Looks like this. It's it's Pirates and Bath. Doncaster and Cambridge on Friday, and then Ampdale host Newcastle. All Premiership clash between Exeter and Bristol. Gloucester host Northampton. Harlequins and Hartbrook at the Stoop. Leicester and Coldy at Welford Road. Coventry and Saracens looks like a bit of a big one there, uh, down at Butts Park Arena. Uh, Sale against Bedford, potentially a bit of a tasty game there, and, and Scottish and Jersey. We'll talk about your game in a, in a sec, Bill, but um, what sticks out for you there in the, the first round of fixtures? 
Oh, I always feel gutted for the Prem teams and playing against Prem teams straight away. So I think they'll actually enjoy playing against Championship sides to to see how they go. But um, you know, I I, I can, to be honest, I've been looking at looking at our one against Northampton because I'd be interested just to see how Ealing go against a Premiership team straight away. And I always, having been in a Premiership team for a couple of years. Like when you play against a champ team, they always raise a game and premiership teams won't like to admit it, but they would be a little bit um <laughs> the polite word of saying, take it, you know, take it seriously, but not as seriously if they're playing a derby game, for instance. And it's uh, that all like we went down to Ealing two years ago as Gloucester and we got beaten by Ealing and then a week later you get a rocket up the arse and you play better. But it's it's that's why I think this competition's great. I think it will be it will be good for that and I'm I'm not interested how the Prem teams approach it. Um so yeah, I think you know even even for instance in our in our group against Cambridge, looking forward to going up to Cambridge, uh, Jersey away, like having Bristol and, and Northampton is also exciting for us. So I think it's great exposure for these for these for these definitely for these championship teams. Gareth, just bring you in in there sort of lurking in the background, Salem Bedford, that's uh that's an interesting one. Bit of travel for you boys, but um, yeah, you, you guys like to chuck the ball around, and you'll be uh, you'll be hopefully looking to take some some scouts or some prem sides, I'd imagine. Yeah, I think interesting what Billy says there in terms of how both sides look at it, and I think we all we all think that, don't we? And we don't quite know what's to come. What what teams will they put out? Will they use it as preseason until the latter stages? Um, but actually, I think bizarrely, if they play some of the younger lads. Probably it means they'll be more up for it. They'll be more to prove. They'll want to put their put their stake in the ground and say, "Hey, I, I want the shirt when World Cup players come back and things like that." So, um, and if you probably look at a club like Newcastle, we've got in the second week, they probably haven't got the depth because they've had to change to their financial resources. Um, and they've got a good coaching setup there, and they've they've stole half of the championship. So, they'll those boys will know exactly what the league is about and. As Billy says, they know that the champ boys will come very hungry um, to put a marker down and, and turn one of them over. As, as for us, yeah, I mean, look, if it, if it was if it was sale, well, South African sales first team, then I think we might be thinking this is going to be up the jumper, beat us up versus Bedford Blues playing attacking rugby. Um, I think it'd be different. A lot of sales youngsters are really exciting. Uh, you can see the crop that they're bringing through. Uh, Mike, our DOR, has, has worked with Saris before and has a good relationship with Sanderson. So, um, you know, it'd be interesting there. Coaching methods are, are quite different, um, I think, and therefore be interesting to see how we go. We're, we're, we're just focusing on ourselves. And, uh, you know, that's what I keep hearing the boys talking about. I think we're not going to change our philosophy. Um, that said, we've signed, you know, we've bulked up the pack and, yeah, we're looking forward to, to testing ourselves. But it, it's, it's a free shot in a way. It's a free shot for us. And, go back to what, what clubs need, expect that these games actually are going to matter to the Premiership clubs. Um, you know, it'd be interesting how the teams perceive it, but a lot of people, including some of the Premiership clubs we work with, you know, they want the semis, they want the final, because they need the gates. They they need the revenue as much yeah, as we yeah, need it in their, in their crazy business model and, and fairly huge losses. You could argue they almost need it, need it more. We've cut our cloth. Um, we're used to working with nothing. So, um, yeah, it's quite easy. And I just really enjoyed sitting back and listening to Billy then. I, I obviously have met Billy a few times. I know the way that he thinks about the league. And, um, you know, I, I'm sure Ryan's looking forward to cutting up some good sound bites already from from that piece. Look, nothing's changed. There's so many 
there's so much value in this league and it needs to be exposed. And I think Billy's right in the way that actually some more names coming into the league might help that. It helped us with Saracens when they dropped down in a way, but we can't just keep talking about, you know, the five minute hit. It needs the longer term vision. And, you know, I am involved in, in some of the stuff around the two circle stuff and around the, the league structure and, and things have got to move on. They've got to move on quickly. And, um, yeah, I think it's a massive, massive year for us. Sorry, Ross, I've gone on a complete tangent, but uh, you gave me a chance to speak and I, I took it. It's the beauty of the podcast, mate. It's Gareth, it's how... Uh, it's how uh, you talk to so many players in the prep who have come through the championship route or, and then all the players I've experienced that have come up through the championship route are like quality good players. Maybe lacked a little bit, maybe stardust or something that you know, got in a coach's eyes a young, you know, you go into a, an academy, a premiership academy, and they're looking for that little X-factor player. But many in my experience have fallen by the wayside because of work ethic, hunger, you know, not done, not had the, the no on the door, no, you're not good enough, mate. But a lot of the ones that actually become very good premiership players, you know, oh, yeah, I played at Hampton, well, I played down at Pirates. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's no different than the Exeter squad. They all did the hard route. Even players at players at Quinns, you know, playing at Roslyn Park, and all these things at Richmond. So, like that's that's all bred from the championship. And then you talk about young players getting exposed. It's how it's how I got exposed. Like, I only got picked up because some players got injured, and you got you got an opportunity to play. It's like you talk to every like Aki Mark Atkinson would would have been the same. Do you know what I mean? Like, had a no from you know, well not a no, but from a wasp and sale, and then he got to Bedford, had his opportunity, played really well, Gloucester picked him up, you know, and then a Gloucester, it took him a couple of years to bed in and then suddenly an injury happened and then he's the first choice 12 for years. So it's like, that's that's the thing the public need to know, the sporting public, there's quality players all around. And even watching your Bedford versus Northampton game, Gareth, you know, I was just looking at the team, I was like, there's some quality players here. You can tell them they know what they're doing and yet no one knows about it and that would be like from a, Rugby laws, from my point of view, I'd be like, "What? That's a shame, isn't it?" Because there's some dreadful rugby on TV sometimes in the Premiership because of the way it happens. But what a better limelight to watch! You know, <clears throat> go down to Golden Road and watch Mikey Ray's way of playing. It's it's entertaining for everyone. To be honest, isn't it? it? Is. You can't and argue look, with that. I, I could bore you with the stats and the numbers, and we did send them out previously. Look, yeah, there's hundreds. Um, our boys have gone through it uh, and proved it, and yeah, nothing's changed. I think the only worry for me is that because the resources um, is now at a really challenging point where, do you know what? I've got a choice of whether I say I'm better off just going straight into a job and forgetting the dream and, and this and that because, because it's not a dream. And we, you know, we, we have worked our socks off as a league, as all the clubs within it um, to make sure that, that it remains a route. And, and luckily, unfortunately for us, I think it still has. And I think the pressures on the premiership will as terrible and as sad as it is, um, will shine a glowing light on the championship that, you know, with these meagre resources, we've managed to actually keep going and, and keep developing players. So I think it's exciting. I mean, yeah, you mentioned um, Atkinson. I mean, yeah, it was Bedford that, that obviously shout, but actually, to be fair, he had one year at Isha, uh, who were in the championship. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Hammered, um, game after game, he's on the back foot every single time. I think he's playing 10. Um, then obviously every good 12 starts at 10. Um, so yeah, they, they've, uh, you know, there's so many clubs, so many options that, that we've seen. And I think the seasons this season's going to be no different. Um, I just hope those youngsters get their shots still. 
We'll go back to uh, to round one of the Premiership Cup then, and, and on to Ely. I think you mentioned earlier on about your uh, your daughter's asking why Daddy wasn't on TV anymore, Bill. But <laughs> you are the, you are this weekend. Maybe you might, might have to uh, keep it quiet on that or TNT Sport subscription for for this weekend only. But yeah, Sunday lunchtime on on TNT against uh, Northampton and a, a massive opportunity for the boys to lay down a marker for the season. Yeah, really excited. I think the whole of the Trail Finders organisation is is looking forward to it. I know they've been. Uh making the ground look extra pretty like all clubs do when they've got a TV come to town. So um, boys have been getting some haircuts that have been selected and looking extra sharp. So um, and it's, it's really exciting. I think we had a we had a pre-season game out in, um, in Palmer against Zebra. Did well and had a few in-house games as you do in pre-season. And um, you never, no team knows how well they're doing, do they? And that's the old added Things and everyone has a great pre-season until you, the whistle goes and you lose fifty nil. So it's it's um, I think from Trail Finders' point of view, we're like hugely excited because of we've had a good pre-season structure, focused on a lot of good things. New players are bedded in straight away. Straight away, Wardy's been very very approachable and very forthcoming in the way he wants to play the game. And we've had you know new coaches coming as well and so everyone's just been been working hard so I think there's no better test than the way you know Northampton play with you know Phil Dowson and, and Sam Vesti the way they like playing the game is, is is pretty exciting as well so you know on a hard 4G pitch down at Ealing it'll be um it'll be a, hopefully a game to be perfect for the TV to, to watch to be honest and the weather forecast looks like about 40 degrees as well so it'll be interesting <laughs> Billy, you haven't really adjusted to the championship yet, have you? You know, you're out in Parma playing against you know, yeah, I know. Italian <laughs> giants. The Trail Finders organisation is jetting in from around the world. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Good luck at Colding Amtel. You'll, um, yeah, just the same. It'll be interesting. Well, I can't see my pre-season in Bedford days was Norfolk and you had to make your own way there. I remember just being car sick and then we had a two-hour fitness session with, <laughs> with Mikey and it was just like, no. <laughs> there we go. There we go. So I do, I do like those old school ones as well. So I know I did, I did mention it to them. I was like, honestly, Premiership clubs don't go on these preseason trips anymore because of what it is. So you know, boys are very lucky and no, no, they're very appreciative of it here. And you know, it's all down to performance, isn't it? So Ealing are very much focused on that, and I think it's what this Premiership Rugby Cup is 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 all geared for. So that's why I'm intrigued, like how the champ clubs approach it, how the Premiership teams approach it, because. I think it is it like right in the Six Nations. If if a Premiership team doesn't do well in this competition, they've effectively got six seven weeks off during Six Nations. So I know from speaking to a couple of players in the Prem, they're like they're desperate to do well, so they have some game time and like you said, gates for the the, the home venues if you you qualify. So I actually think it will be taken pretty seriously. Um, so um, that's why it's it's definitely intriguing. That is really, really intriguing. Um, just to just to finish off there, I don't want to get you in the in the ship with Ben Ward too too early, Bill. But you know, just to, just to, to to look at the season goals, and you know, I assume the goal this season is obvious, and including you know the recruitment that the club have done. We've spoken about it. It has to be winning the, the championship, I'd imagine. And I guess seeing where you are, come that you know the playoffs that have been spoken about, and and any possibilities of uh, you know promotion eligibility. It's interesting, wasn't it? When that I think it got announced, it was it at the end of June. Yeah. And then um, there definitely was a conversation in the change rooms and everyone was, I don't know, call it raising eyebrows, whatever it was. And I think like the players cottoned on to what what we want as a group, what the, the organisation wants as a group. And I, you know what, it's no different than any team I've ever been on. You want to win and win the league you're in. Otherwise, you know, why are you there? I think, um, I think people get fantasised by professional sport and 
it's all airy fairy, good fun, amazing highlight reels and stuff. But I think the nitty gritty people are just desperate to win, aren't they? They're desperate to win, whoever you are. And um, I know I've always been that, and um, people around me have always been that. So they're very forthcoming. They want to win, they win the league. I don't think anyone would be surprised in us saying that. But um, in terms of everything else, it's rugby politics, isn't it? So all we can do as players is just go for it, hammer and tongue, and enjoy every every week all the way up to June or if it is and and can go, go hard because that's what it's all about consistency and enjoying the moment when you, you go to Golden Wood Parade or get down to Pirates or wherever it is and just um, just go for it because everyone will be I know everyone goes for Ealing um, which is you know why have it any different but you know the boys are are hurting from from not winning the league last year so I think it's an underlying motivation there for the group but no different than Jersey will want to be going back to back and all the other teams will be definitely um, going for it as well. well It's been great to have you on Billy thanks so much for joining us mate and uh, and best of luck at the for the rest of the season at Ealing Well cheers guys we'll see you in the season You will you will we'll welcome you down to Pirates with open, with open arms mate Thanks mate I look forward to it <laughs> cheers guys see you boys Right then, on to the new recruits 15 of the season we spoke about earlier in the show. I know everyone's a, a big fan of the uh, the team of the week that we put up on social media every week. There's uh, lots of discussion, lots of uh, ha- happy players, lots of uh, aggrieved players. Where we've, uh, you know, some people wear it for uh, for a good couple of years, as we found out earlier on in the week. So uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the new recruits team this season. We have been discussing it, Gareth and I, um, a while ago now actually, and obviously a, a few more bodies have come in in that time. So we're going to go through our, our 15 um, with what we picked uh, and some some honourable mentions as well. So, Gareth, we'll, uh, we'll start off with you at fullback. It's a, it's a difficult one to, to argue against, but I am going to argue against it after you finish. Uh, I think we know what you're going to argue with. Billy mentioned it earlier, um, but I'll let you take the gloss on that one. Um, for me, though, this man has to be uh, a 15. Uh, it's Tom Collins, uh, former Saints man who was due to move to London Irish. Uh, and I thought that was a great move for London Irish. And I thought he was probably going to light up the, the Premiership again by having his shot and having his chance. Uh, obviously, adept on the wing as well. But uh, Irish's and, and Saints and his demise has brought up great opportunity. Ealing snapping up all high-quality Premiership talent that they do. Um, Tom Collins just, for me is standout on that 4G pitch. And I just don't know how many people are going to get a hand on him in, in, in the championship this year. So, yeah, he's he's the fullback I've got. Yeah, my obvious, my obvious argument there would have been um, Kyle Moyle. Um, I think, you know, it, it, he had a fantastic championship career initially uh, and, and rightly earned his, his prem move. It probably would have come sooner if he didn't have a, a nasty injury. Um, and, and he's done very well at Gloucester and... and to be honest, surprised he didn't get a bit more game time in his in his in his last season. Um, but yeah, obviously, extremely pleased to have him back at the Pirates. We talked about earlier on with the the pack having a, a big turnover last year. The backlines had a big turnover this year. Um, but Moyla coming in with that Premiership experience now, being a you know a hometown boy and and you know he, he's the he's not a senior figure, but he's he's sort of got that experience and and, and that voice. Um, Sort of the helping some of the younger lads in, in the back line, especially. I would have what I would have done is I would have put Moyler at fullback and I would have gone with Tom Collins, but on the wing somewhere. But we'll we'll move on. I think he's very much needed at Pirates. I think um the experience that they'll bring, obviously the fact that he already knows the culture, knows the place. I can see why he's 
added great value to, to that side. But that kind of brings us nicely into the, the right wing 14, because this is a man you've lost. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I think it was tough on this one because I was going to push Ryan Hutler in there as a, as a good second choice. I think he really wasn't used very well at Jersey, suffered with injuries. He was great for us. And um, yeah, unfortunately, rather than coming back to Golden Road, he's gone with our former uh, forwards coach, Alex Coventry. So I think he'll do do brilliantly. But the winger that we've chosen, AJ Camp, I think he might have even made team of the season for us, did he? Yeah, I think that was my my argument was that, you know, if you've, if you've made the team of the season, then you've got to, You've got to, well, you've got to be in the new recruits of the season if you've moved, and he and he has. He's moved from Pirates to to Doncaster. He's he's a Cornish boy, and he's he's trying something a bit different. You know, and you don't get much more different than Doncaster from Cornwall. So, um, yeah, up he up he goes, and you know, sad to see him, sad to see him go. But obviously, you know, left with with everyone's best wishes and and hoping to see him to do really well. He's a he's a an absolute. Premiership player, as far as I'm concerned, and, and I've no doubt that he'll, he'll end up in that league, um, like like we've seen many many players do in in this league. So, yeah, AJ's um, you know versatile back three player. He can play on either wing and, and at fullback, and I think that's you know that's testament as a, a a modern day back three player. You see it a lot in internationals now as three fullbacks in in the back line, and and a lot of teams do that at the professional level. So yeah, AJ's AJ's in on the on the wing there. Yeah, I think I'm just looking through this now. Um, we'll move on to 13 and strikingly obvious. We haven't actually made a full decision on this one, but um, Joe Bedlow, Sale was loan, uh, I think, to Donny already, but actually makes the move permanent. Um, and I'm just looking at thinking that Donny backline, and I know we said the same last year in a way, and it, it just for whatever reason didn't fire fully for them. But you know, when you add AJ into that side, Simpson, Bedlow, you got. Hard runners like Edwards, you've got Margetts, who's another great centre. Um, Billy McBride, you know, I, you know, we know how good he is, and he was injured pretty much all of last year. Uh, Malik, another former pirate, I think, um, with you boys, and then you've got Dolly at, at nine, and 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 actually, I think somebody we'll talk about later. So that Donny backline looks really good. So yeah, we talked about Joe Bedlow. Um, I've thrown in two more. This this quite hotly contested. Um, do you want to talk about your man, Matt McNabb? Come to you. Yeah, Mac has been a, a, a good, um, you know, a good recruit. He's he's brought into the culture straight away. He's a popular popular bloke amongst the squad, and yeah, we'll speak about the the guy. I suppose he's replaced in a, in a minute. Um, but yeah, Matt Matt's got a he's a physical specimen. He's he's aggressive in the carry. He's aggressive in the defence. He's he scored a couple of tries in pre season and, and looked a real handful and. Again, he's versatile enough to be able to play on on the wing or or at thirteen. So I think he he'll go really well. I, I believe he was, um, you know, highly sought after in the league. So we're pleased to have, to have got over the line for us. And yeah, he'll had a had a different dimension to us that physicality in the back line, whether we play him on, on the wing or at centre. But yeah, back back to you on the decision. Ethan Grayson was another one in contention, wasn't he from Blues? Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, Ryan just dropped me a note. There's Zimbabwean international now, but. So, yeah, uh, and 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 a cricket as well, I believe, in, in an age group. Really? Yeah. Anyway, uh, Ethan Grayson. Yeah, a bit of a, a random one, this one, because Ethan was with us. Um, but I just probably, a lot of people won't know, Tom Collins has stole the limelight on it. But um, Grace had um, signed and, and was joining London Irish. And just to take a minute on that, I mean, it, it, a lot of people won't see the trauma that was caused by to, to players that had signed. And by that, I mean players that were joining and, and hadn't even been announced. 
Grace was one of them, and I think he would have gone really well. Um, I mean, unfortunately, it's meant a great opportunity for us as Bedford Blues. But I think knowing the lad, and he, he really is just a great, great player and great person, um, I think he'll take this opportunity again with two hands, prove his value in the championship again. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised to see people coming for it next season. So, um, yeah, no, really good player. It's a tough decision. I'm going to throw it back to you and say, you know, Ross, who are you picking? Well, that's tough. That is really tough. Um, I, I like to I like to say to everyone on this show that I'm I'm diplomatic and unbiased, which I which I think I am. Um, for that reason, I will put it down to the original two that you gave me, which was Joe Bedlow and Ethan Grayson. What I've seen of Ethan Grayson is 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 him for me. Um, like you say, he's uh, he's been you know spotted in the in the champ doing good things. He's obviously on loan from Northampton as well, but he's he's got that. He, he would would have had that move obviously to London Irish, but. Yeah, I think he had a few, uh, quite a few team of the week selections last year. He was a real threat when he played against us both times. So, yeah, I'm going to pull rank for once, mate, and, uh, and go for Ethan Grayson at 13, I think, on, on the new recruits, even though technically he's kind of not. But, yeah, we'll, we'll say we'll say he is for the for the sake of this. And on to the 12, I mean, it's going to be uh, it's going to be very difficult to to not pick the man that we've just had on the show. A really enjoyable chat with Billy Twelvetrees there. Very experienced. You know, we talked about his CV. I did a couple of times there, you know, Started at Bedford, Leicester, Gloucester, you know, England, British Lions, people forget that. Um, you know, just a, a, a fantastic model professional that's obviously been, you know, well thought of by, by everyone he's worked under. So it's going to be difficult to argue against Billy Twelvetree because I know you've got another man in mind as well. No, I think Billy Billy Head and Shoulders um, is the choice. Uh, probably the reason we got him on the pod, Ross. So, um, yeah, no, 100% honourable. <laughs> Honourable mentions, though, to um, Fraser Strachan. Um, and the reason I probably put him in is is twofold. Um, he was actually started at, well, he's actually a Bedford school. I think he's a Luton boy. Um, he was on dredge with us when his time at Saints. Um, but then Ealing, as they do, snapped up a lot of the young quality talent. Um, he didn't really get too much of a shot and ended up at, at Donny. And, and for whatever reason, didn't get much game time there. Um, and now finds himself back at home, but playing um, across the across the village border in Amptill. And, and and I think Amptill have recruited well. Uh, I didn't really know where they were going, didn't really see much. And they all of a sudden threw out a load of sign-ins. And, and this man caught my eye because I think with an opportunity, I think he'll go really well, very direct. And um, and yeah, I, I just think in that Amptill side, he'll be exactly what they're after. We'll move on to the wing. <laughs> We've gone for we've got a we've gone for Will Brown. Um, that was that was that was my pick. Uh, I think that's a it's a brilliant brilliant signing for London Scottish. He had a fantastic season for Jersey last year, and I think it's interesting because he's or, or Scottish, I should say. They it was the great escape, but they played some really good stuff at the end of the year. It's the likes of Luke Mason and uh, sort of Lennox Aniamu that was on loan there, and, and some of the other. But some real big hitters up front as well. I think Will Brown will go really well. I think. We'll talk about it more later on in, in you know, a couple of shows time. But I, I think Scott should be okay this year. Yeah, I, I think, I think, yeah, we both said Will Brown straight away. I think there's one of two things here, isn't there? Because I don't want to put Scottish down, but my, my thoughts were either he's got a great job in the city and he's exploring life after rugby and playing champ rugby, which we know that model well and it's working for us, and and maybe that's the route Will's gone down, or there's an opportunity with Quinns. Because I think Will Brown is that good, um, and yeah, I, I think 
he it's got to be something else to it for me that he's, he's gone there and I, I think he'll go very well um honorable mention this time to one of your former lads um Robin Wedlake going from Pirates to Jersey uh very interesting that um big winner quick probably similar to their former winger uh Ryan Oluwafella so um yeah be interesting to see how he goes out there and how much of the ball he he, he gets on the wing out there yeah I've got a Put a, put a word in for Wedders there. He'll be fuming that I've not I've not championed him here. But you know, he doesn't he doesn't need me to to pump his tyres. He's a, he's a quality player. He's a physical specimen as well. I've seen a few uh, a few shots of him uh, over in Jersey. He looks like he's put a couple of good kegs on. He's looking he's looking big. He's looking powerful. And I expect he'll he'll benefit from the, you know that platform that the Jersey pack will give him. He he had done for for a long time with us, but. Yeah, they've got a real quality operator. I know a lot of Prem clubs have been sniffing around Wedders for a while. So I hope he goes well over there. Not too well, and not, not too well against outside, us. But he's not he's still outside. outside. No, no he's, he's on a, he's on an island, mate. He's a, he's a flight away now. So I could have said what I wanted, but now he's he's too good a boy and too good a player for me to to not to not say good things about. And uh, on to ten. Go on, you take it away. So well, this this one I think we agreed on. Now you're going to get the chance to shine a light on on your yep. new man here. Um, but I, I just put a, a mention here for a bit of a late one that I spotted, and and actually it's an exit from Scottish Nathan Chamberlain. I, I think he's a good, you know, we've seen some really good things out of him and changing games when he's played and and come on and um, Hartbury, which I think I'm right in saying was where he started and where he's come from. Um, I think you know he'll buy into the the club, the university, the side, and um, yeah, I think he'll go really well. So. Um, and a good competition if, if Tommy Matthews is still down there as well. So, yeah, Hartbury again going under the radar, but they, they always seem to get it right um, at some point in the season. I just wonder when that'll be. But uh, 10, it's your man. Yeah, Tom Pittman, uh, new recruit to the club. He's the first of our summer signings. We announced he's been, been training with us since day one of pre-season. Real, real good bloke. Love, lovely, lovely bloke. But, you know, more importantly, in, in, in this sense, a, a very good rugby player, very good 10. Um, you know, remembered... Remembered games for uh, Jersey he'd had against us and, and for Jersey against other sides I've seen and been really impressive. With him. He's, he's not the biggest bloke in the world, but he's he's physical, he's aggressive, uh, which means he's versatile, versatile enough to, to play twelve. He's uh, he's a good defender, um, and you know obviously in pre you know a couple of weeks ago he, he was he was going to be slogging it out with with Arvo Robson who's left to go back to Wales. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, he would have he would have been fighting it out with Arwell. Um he could have got they could have played a ten and twelve. It would have been interesting if, you know, Gavin Page had gone horses for courses in certain games with, with what Pitts can bring. Um obviously we've got Ewan Jenkins as well from, from Exeter, who played in all of their uh, Premiership Cup games last year, I believe, and, and have got them to that. So strong competition at ten in the league and for us. But yeah, Pitts we're we're excited about what he can what he can do and uh, yeah, he'd be, he'd be hopefully pulling the uh, pulling the string. Ten against against Bath for a, for a good win and a good start for his uh, for his debut at home. I uh, I hope there's not many more Pirates players, otherwise we'll be on this call till midnight. But uh, yeah, it's 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 good to see that a lot of the time we're referring to how good a bloke they are, and that's because we know shit all about rugby. But we'll we'll carry we'll carry on at nine, uh, and this person needs no introduction. Um, Lloyd Williams, Wales international. What signing for the league? Fondly remembered. Oh, pardon? I said, what a signing for the league. I'm just trying to cut you off because oh. I know what you're going to remind me of now and I don't like it. 
That's exactly where I was going. 2015 in Twickenham was a, a special day and a me special memory for me. But yeah, we won't talk about it too much. Um, yeah, what what a player for the the league. Um, and uh, as if Ely needed more nines. Hampson, one of the very best. Jordan Burns, game changer. Uh, Grant, oh God, we could carry on. I think they had about five down there. Um, but seriously, what a sign in. Uh, Honourable mention this time to Ollie Fox. Um, who was Evelyn actually, uh, now at Donny, Bath before that. Um, again, Donny, two good choices at nine as well. Um, and probably a third I don't even know about. So, yeah, lots of competition in those sides, isn't there? Lots of competition. Yeah, good depth for Donny to have uh, Donny and, and uh, Ollie Fox, who's, who's played a bit of rugby at Bath as well. But, yeah, it's a, it's a no-brainer, really. And, you know, Lloyd Williams, it, it, it gives the league some extra profile with a player of his sort of star power and his career he's had and you know, they've already got quality at nine, like you say, but I, I expect Lloyd Williams to, you know, much like we spoke about Billy Twelve Trees earlier, to be that sort of um, that role model for the squad and that, that experience campaigner that can get them over the line this season. It's, it's almost crazy to, to think that they didn't win the league last year with the quality they had, but we'll talk about their chances on, on another day. But yeah, it's, it's got to be Lloyd Williams at nine. Loosehead, um, uh, again, these are two players returning to the championship. So, um, and I'll try and take my bias out of this. Uh, James Flynn is one of the nominations. We know all about him. He's been in the team of the season, uh, Amptill and uh, Jersey, done a great job before earning his move to Saracens. But therefore, slightly strange how uh, he's gone from Saris back to Amptill. Uh, they are the partner club, but um, yeah, I don't know too much about it. Great news for Amptill. Um, but uh, yeah, he finds himself there. And then my nomination, uh, Jamie Jack. So Amptel previously before earning his move to Edinburgh, uh, probably limited chances up there and wanted to come back and, and play at Bedford, obviously. Uh, like every good loose said, it's the club for them. So, yeah, no, uh, Jamie, again, great guy. That's all I will all say. Unbelievably good golfer, although he is a bandit. Not bad at front shapes in a nightclub either. And, uh, yeah, I expect him to go very well at the front of the scrum. So Jamie Jack for me. What do you think, Ross? Yeah, I'm with you. And he was one of those players that that caught my eye um, during his time at Amdeley. Like, say, he he earned his move away uh, to Edinburgh, and he's he's done well there. Um, and, and he'll come back into the league, and and he'll you know Bedford will be stronger for having him there. They've already got some good options in, in the front row, and I, I know you've you've said that's an area that you've you've uh, you've looked at for uh, strengthening this season. Um, not to say it wasn't good before, but yeah, looking. Looking like a you know a strong a strong Bedford pack to add to those uh, those lethal backs you guys have got down there at Golden Tipton Road. Not to, to hang ourselves at all, but and very briefly is that yeah that that that's probably the the change and not just quality because we had some quality but the depth around it because you know about Jamie Jack being a great signing but he's by no means you know nailed on to wear that shirt Joey Conway who you were a big fan of as well um, our loose said a bit more probably dynamic and around the park as well. Um, a great player. We've got the same same choices around hooker and tight head. So, um, no excited on that front. Although I can't see Mike saying let's let's keep it up the jumper and not throw the ball out. So, uh, yeah, I don't think there's too much mindset. So, Jamie, there. We're going to move swiftly on to hooker. Um, do you want to start this one off? Yeah, if, uh, Tom Tom Doubt is the one that we we sort of agreed on. Really, there's an honourable mention for for TJ Harris that you'll you'll speak about. But yeah, Tom Tom Doubt, and it's easy to. You know, to to sprinkle these teams with players that have played in the in the prem or whatever, but you know they have for a reason. Uh, and he's a, he's a quality player, and he's he's coming back into the league to 
to strengthen the league. And I, I expect him to be a, a team of the week regular, actually. And we, we, he might even be in the conversation for, you know, the team of the season sort of in, a, in nine months' time. But yeah, I, I think it's it's got to be Tom Dan. But TJ Harris as well was, was someone that you, you wanted to mention. Yeah, again, normally good lad. Um, knows the champ really well. She came from Cough, I think he's a Cough boy. But um, yeah, Bedford, um, Nottingham. So this will be his second trip to Nottingham. Um, Jersey, and how many good hookers did Jersey have? I mean, uh, ridiculous. And, and he had a, a good spell with Wasps as well. So, um, you know, we forget sometimes when we know them as championship players that these boys have a premiership experience as well. So, yeah, I think for Nottingham, I think it's a big sign-in. They, they probably need a little bit of that experience, um, mixing in with the youngsters. I think, you know, the coaches there, Craig Hammond done, does an unbelievable job, um, but they need those experienced leaders in their side. And I think TJ will will add to that. And um, yeah, Rich is really good lad, but I agree with you. Tom Doughty has to be the, the hooker in the new recruits, 15. On to tighter. We've actually got three options here. There's uh, some people staying in the league, moving around the league, um, some people coming in, some some quality at tight had some big men as well. Joe Sproston, Lewis Teed, and B. Allo. I know Billy Twelvetree uh, was speaking very highly of B. Allo, you know, a couple of couple of moments ago on the pod. But where where you go, where are you tempted to go on this one? I think I know where you are going to go. But yeah, I mean, B. Allo's history is you know you see Saracens, Wasps, Rassin, um on the CV. You, you, you're going to think he's got to be up there. However, he's played a lot of time in the Champ, a little spell with Bedford, um, a longer spell with Cov. Um, uh, uh, and I'm yeah, it's just not going to be my pick for when it gets probably. You know, I, I'm just not sure if he's going to fancy Coldy away. And then you you look at Coldy, and you think Man Mountain and Joe Spro- Sproston. I'll get his name right. Um, who I think played tight head second row and eight last season. Um, so he's pretty versatile. Um, so I I think. I'm stuck probably between him and Lewis C going back to his home club. You know, I was a big fan of Thede of in, in, in his time at Ealing and at Scottish before um, uh, he, he had time, time with Wasps and Bristol, uh, having left Donny originally. But Donny's his hometown club. His family still live in the area. Um, and that club needs a tight head, a cornerstone of the, the scrum. And, and I think, you know, I could see him following the kind of Richard List. Still got another five years in him at least uh, at Donny. So, um, yeah, I think those two, I'll let you make the final call. This one, because there's three, I'm sitting on the fence here and I'm, I'm shifting the responsibility. But we are going to post this team with, with a graphic on our social media. So tight head will be the uh, the surprise from this podcast when it when it appears on the social. So yeah, check that out when it comes comes about. We'll move on to the, to the second row. And obviously, first of all, very, very quickly, Mentioned that, of course, the champ, the champ clubs pod, our own Charlie Beckett would have been in the side, but of course he's unattached at the moment. So he's he's devastated to to not make to not make a pick like this. Who knows where he'll end up yet? But we we wait to see that. We've got a bit of a controversial one. We've moved we've moved someone. We'll come on to them in a minute. But for us, it's a nailed on um, a nailed on decision of of John Hawkins, the ex Bristol man, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. I think. Probably the more so because of what Jersey lost. Get my words out. Um, yeah, I think Macaulay Cook is going to be a huge loss at Jersey, but this man Massive has loss, the yeah. opportunity to, to fill those those shoes. Um, and yeah, I think I think again in the recruits that I've seen from Jersey, a bit of experience and 
um, is probably what they need. Um, I mean, look, they're going to be up there again, aren't they? They're, they're just, they keep building year on year. Uh, Harvey seems to keep do, doing a great job and the club seems to get stronger. So, um, yeah, I, I think we've nailed him in. And yes, controversy at five. Um, we wanted Beckett there, uh, obviously. Uh, <clears throat> I'm sure he will be uh, in time to come. But for now, we've moved probably a player that, that can sit anywhere across the bat row. But we did note that he played a couple of games in the second row. And we just wanted to in- include him. And we wanted to make it a, a jersey lock, stock and two smoking barrels with uh, Tom Smith, the former Donny captain. I think injury hit him last year. And I think... It just didn't quite work out, but um, I think he'll be with, with, with knowing how the island operates and is. I think people will get right behind him. I think he's a real star-studded player, and and hopefully it works out for him out there. And he, he I think he'll be again in the conversation with Team of the Week regularly. I agree. He's he's, he's almost a, a bit like what we did with John Cut John Kelly most of the uh, the season last year for Team of the Week, Team of the Season. You just got to find a way to include him in someone of Tom Smith's quality. Obviously, ex of Leicester as well. Brilliant in that first season at Doncaster when they, they pushed Ealing so close. Um, possibly, like say, a few injuries last year. Found himself on the bench a couple of times. Maybe was, you know, had something to do with the, the decisions he made for his future. Who knows? But yeah, he's I, I, I had conversations and we, we will preview the championship um, before it comes around in a couple of weeks' time. But I've spoke to a couple of couple of guys in, within the league and, and a couple of people down at Pirates and you know, said said what we you know what we obviously all think about Ealing and, and possibly that Jersey might fall away with some of the ones they've lost. But just think of that, John Hawkins and Tom Smith, that's two quality operators they've brought in in the pack, an already strong pack. The likes of Wedders as well, we've already spoken about. So I, I, I think they'll be absolutely fine. And like you say, they'll be right up there again this year. It's, it's turned, turned in my head, but I'm really excited about talking about this back row because we've, we've picked our six, seven and eight. There's no discussion points um, it is a stupidly strong back row for this league. Stupidly strong. Start us off at six, mate. Yeah, I think I think it's quite interesting that we've put two uh, players in this shirt six. You you can move Seb where you like, but both players at Donny. Um, so the second choice, but but with a fair mention, is a former pirate. He, he's been various clubs, including Gloucester, actually. So Prem experience, Seb Nagel Taylor uh, to Donny. But our six that we have chosen. Uh, is Jack Digby. And uh, and we chose this, like you say, a couple of weeks back. But actually, I think I feel, we don't get much right, obviously, me and you, Ross, but I feel vindicated on this occasion because he is today, I think, or maybe yesterday, being named co-captain. Uh, he's just literally signed at Donny straight into a leadership role. Um, and considering he probably had limited minutes at Elin, uh, although he played a hell of a lot for them, um, but with a lot of competition, uh, I, I expect him to go really well. And obviously, you know, Bodes, Bodes works some hard. So if he sees some leadership skills early on in pre-season, the guy must be cut from some some strong stuff. So, uh, yeah, blindside flanker, Jack Digby. Yeah, and on to, to open side, it's, it's again, it's a bit of a no-brainer call. We've gone for, for Geordie Reid, who's returning to Ealing uh, after a, a spell at Gloucester. Dreadlockless now, of course. Um but yeah, no less of a player, a, a bit of a beast, really. He's an outstanding uh, ball carrier. Uh, he's quick and strong in the carry. He's a very aggressive defender, and he's he's absolutely superb at the breakdown. So, as if uh, as if Ealing needed any more back five of the scrum that are physical specimens, they they've they've brought one of their old boys back, and he he looks to looks like he's going to make a big impact for them this season. 
Yeah, I disagree there, mate. But I um I will throw in um special mentions to Jared Cardu, who um I, I think you know at Cambridge haven't done too much recruitment, which is really interesting. Um, and Richie's a really good bloke and really good coach down there, and I, I think they're you know they're they're going under radar a little bit and not talking too much a good game, and, and they expect to give a lot of belief in their own boys and and see how they go. But the one player that I that caught my eye of them bringing in was Jared because when he was at Richmond, I thought he was brilliant. Didn't get too much of looking at, at Donny. Um, again, I think they had quite a few injuries um, and he may have been one of them, but I, I, I expect him to go really well in Cambridge, especially because the way he plays. Um, I think he's a, a, quite an attacking player as well. So um, yeah, he won to watch at Cambridge, but uh, Jordy Reed, no complaints. And a number and eight. Go on. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, I'll, I'll let you tee up the, the big finish at eight. I will just throw in a couple of mentions across that row, and I wouldn't be doing my job fairly if I if I didn't mention these two. Um, and that's, we brought in two back rowers at Bedford, Joe Howard and Cam King. Joe, very late, was a leader, was a captain at Arbury, uh, even though he's very young, uh, and Cam King, um, a standout eight at Scottish. So, yeah, we're really excited about our back row um, when you add it into the, what we've already got, um, which looks really strong. And, and yet we don't even know what Saints youngsters are joining us. So, yeah, we're really excited about that back row. So special mentions to them. But the number eight goes without question. I'm going to let you have the final word, Ross. You know, what? I, I will uh, I will have the final word on, on who we've picked at eight. And I've, I've just actually thought of someone I, I did discuss with you for for an honourable mention and it and it means that Coventry are going to have a very very strong back row next year and that's Paddy Ryan who's moved from Amphil to, to Coventry and recently just been capped by the USA as well so yeah he's going to be in the same back row as this man which is a little re- a little bit of the reason why we've moved him to eight similar mould to, to Billy Twelvetrees not just because because he, he played at Gloucester but Matt Kvesic is just a, a phenomenal phenomenal player he's so versatile across that back row um, it'll bring experience, leadership, you know, again, a, a massive jackal threat, a, a very good defender, good ball carrier, big bloke. And he, and he's, he seems to have bought into to what they're doing down at Cobb. Not sure about the, uh, the Love Island, uh, announcement video, but I, I love what Dan Lewis is doing down there. Big shout out to Dan Lewis. Not sure about that one though, mate. Everything else looking good, bud. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Matt Kovacic back, back in the champion or, or, or in the champ possibly for the first time. I'm not quite sure actually, but yeah, he's a, He's a star name at eight, and I'm sure he's going to be a star performer as well. Yeah, I, I lied about final word, didn't I? Um, yeah, Matt Kovacic, uh, we agree entirely. I think he may have even been at Worcester when they were or had a season or two. But I, a funny one I was just going to mention there, um, not to give Dan Lewis the final media mention of the evening, um, was actually, we talk about exposure, um, and I think I'm right in saying Matt Kovacic, wife did an unbelievable job. She had BBC reporter around the whole Worcester Warriors demise. And, um, you know, if she, she realises quite how good the championship is and gives us a bit of, bit of her time. I think, um, I think suddenly we'll be, um, we'll be hitting the main headlines across the, across the country. So, uh, yeah, very excited. Some great names there, aren't there? Absolutely. Yeah. We've, uh, like we said, it's going to, it's going to go out on, on socials. That tight head decision will come out with, onto that. So, Agree, disagree. Let us know what you think on the socials. Make sure you get following. Like I said earlier, Rob will be back soon to fully preview a new championship season and look back at the full stages of the of the Premiership Cup and who's advancing to the semi-finals. In the meantime, though, it's a big thanks to Gareth and to Billy for joining us this evening. Producer Ryan, as always, and our new pod team that we really look forward to hearing from later on in this season. A World Cup week, yes, 
a very big one for the Championship this season too. Make sure you tune in to see how we can get on against Northampton Saints on Sunday amongst all the Rugby World Cup madness. And is hoping that this is the start of the exposure this league really needs and really deserves. That was the Championship Clubs podcast. Be sure to come back in a fortnight's time and follow us on social media at Champ Clubs Pod on Instagram and Twitter. 